With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Talking Snooker with Phil Haig and Nick Metcalf. Once again, talking about the game we all love. Phil, we have made it. It is goodbye to the nervous 90s. The century is up. We are raising our bats to the pavilion. And hopefully we are receiving some applause back. I have to say, sir, it's been a pleasure to chat about this wonderful sport on the air with you on 100 different occasions. So I say thank you. And once again, hello to you. Hello. Yeah, thanks to you. The pleasure has been all mine. Uh, Yeah, 100 episodes. Um, It's an awful lot, isn't it? I don't know how many we, uh, we expected to be doing when we first did it. I had a look at the first date, the 16th of November. 2020 but uh, here we are in 100 um can hear that sort of canned applause they were pumping in during the covid times when people made centuries it was a bit rubbish but uh, i'll take it now um but yeah no it's been uh, it's been excellent and uh, i'm sure there's a few people listening who may have listened to every single one all 100 so special thanks to any of you uh, but a big thank you to anyone who's listened to any to be honest we're very appreciative to have have you on board with us so yeah no it's been great and here's to a hundred more <laughs> well, then, if we're getting a riotous uh, cannon and ball style roar from the eighties, that's another one for the teenagers there. When they used to appear in Blackpool, they used to get massive ovations. But I hope we're also not getting one of those old sort of breakfast television like slow claps, <laughs> a couple of two or three people in the background type thing. Well, Bill, we have reached the century and. It has to be said, we did hope to do something a little bit more special on this 100th episode and meet up in Brentwood. But the weather scuppered that. There is a lot of snow in the UK. Now, we're not a country that necessarily deals very well with extremes, are we? Uh, Be it too hot or too cold. And I think we agreed it would have been a hazardous journey, particularly for you. It wouldn't have been much fun for me even going on the train from London because they're a bit all over the place. But certainly for you, coming from Sheffield, particularly driving home at night, you know, looking at the roads as they are this evening, certainly in London, very slushy, sort of icy, very dangerous. So 
with the greatest one in the world, we thought it might not be quite worth the risk on this occasion. So we're joined up by the magic of Zoom instead. Yeah, we kept it uh, traditional for this podcast, just what we always do, really. Um, but yeah, no, it seemed... Uh, I was prepared to make the sort of three-hour drive there and three hours back for Brentwood, but uh, not in the not in the snow and ice, and it could have been a lot longer. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, all I've done today, um, car-wise, was drive to the shops, which is five minutes away. And even then, um, I had a scary moment where I was trying to brake at a junction, and it it just skidded straight through and didn't stop. Luckily, there were no other cars there. But yeah, that was from five minutes. So if I'd been driving for sort of six, seven, eight hours. It, something bad could have happened, so probably best not to. And we could just watch uh, watch the English Open in a nice, safe environment in my own house. <laughs> yeah, indeed, and it certainly is. Can we talk about snooker weather? Heavens above, the archetypal snooker weather, really. Very cold, as we say, snow around here in the UK. We're sure in other parts of Europe as well. Not to forget our Southern Hemisphere listeners. People listening to us in the spring and summer, of course, Phil. But uh, I know many of our, our listeners are European based, so. Good chance to wrap up warm, put the fire on and uh, and enjoy some snooker. The English Open is underway in Brentwood and we will come to that shortly. But Phil, this will, I think, by and large, be a quite happy and reflective episode on our hundredth, on our, on our century. But we must first, uh, as journalists, do the right thing and report a serious news story. This has broken in the last few days since we were last on air. We first heard on Friday the news that five players have been banned from the World Snooker Tour due to, quote, allegations of manipulating the outcome of matches for betting purposes, with Lu Ning, Li Hang, Yao Ziambo, Bai Lan Ning and Chang Bing Yu all suspended. These bans have come about after Liang Wenbo's suspension from the tour in October and the investigation which arose, meaning six players in total are now barred from play. And this is the WPBSA statement we received on Friday. WPBSA chairman Jason Ferguson has taken the decision to suspend Lu Ning, Li Hang, Xiao Ziambo, Bai Lan Ning and Chan Bing Yu from attending or competing on the World Snooker Tour with immediate effect. This follows the suspension of Liang Wenbo on the 27th of October 2022 and a subsequent investigation which remains ongoing into allegations of manipulating the outcome of matches for betting purposes in breach of the WPBSA conduct regulations. The suspensions of all six players will remain in place until the conclusion of the investigation or any subsequent charges that may or may not be brought. These players have the right to appeal this decision. The investigation remains ongoing and no further comment will be made until the investigation is complete. Well, we were rocked by that news, Phil, which we had to digest over the weekend. But then today, Monday, the stories got even worse because we received some more news, which I'll now read from the copy you wrote up for Metro. Uh, Yan Bing Tao is the latest player to be suspended from playing in World Snooker Tour events as a match-fixing investigation continues. Last week, Lu Ning, Li Hang, Xiao Ziambo, Bai Lan Ning and Chan Bing Yu were all banned from competing or attending events with Liam Wenbo hit with a ban in October. Yan was due to play at the English Open on Monday morning, but his opponent, Ashley Hugill, was given a walkover and it's now been confirmed the former Masters champion is suspended. And this is a statement now from the WPBSA, which says WPBSA chairman Jason Ferguson has taken the decision to suspend Yan Bingtao 
from attending or competing on the World Snooker Tour with immediate effect. This decision is part of an ongoing investigation into allegations of manipulating the outcome of matches for betting purposes in breach of the WPBSA conduct regulations. The suspension will remain in place until the conclusion of the investigation or any subsequent charges that may or not may not be brought. Yan Bingtao has the right to appeal this decision. No further comment will be made except in the event of any significant further developments. Clearly, very dramatic news, clearly very bad news for the sport. We heard from Jason Ferguson, spoke to Eurosport this lunchtime. He told Michael McMullen that Yan Bingtao did arrive at Brentwood and was interviewed at length by the head of integrity, Nigel Moore. And as a result of that interview, uh, Ferguson took the decision to suspend uh, Yan. Jason Ferguson also said, we are a long way down the road with this investigation, suggesting we might not have to wait too long for a conclusion. He also says, any player who thinks they can get away with it is completely foolish. It is not a good look for us. But we are a sport that chooses to deal with it. We are a sport that chooses to put it out in the public domain. We will not have it talked about behind the scenes. Expose it, deal with it, and we can move on. Well, I think moving on is not on the agenda very soon, unfortunately, Phil, because this is clearly something that's rocked the sport. And it's put snooker at the very top of the of the news sites, the sports websites, and uh, for all the wrong reasons, we can only say that we can't talk too much about Pacific's investigation is ongoing, but we can certainly say this is the, the very last news we wanted to hear. Yeah, it's absolutely dreadful for any sport. Um, you know, I, I'd be surprised if there's any sport that hasn't had to deal with this or something very similar at some stage. Um, so it's not unique to snooker, but no, no one wants this to be on the news agenda. Um, you know, some people, some people tweet uh, or say stuff to journalists about, oh, you guys will be loving this, you know, stuff to juicy stuff to write about. But I can assure you, as snooker fans, we don't want this to be happening at all. Um, you don't want, you know, snooker is quite rare to get on some sports agendas, some sports programmes and stuff. You don't want the, the rare occasion and to be on there to be about something like this. Um, and yeah, we as you say, we can't go into specifics, mainly because we don't know very many at all. The investigation's uh, going on. Um, we hope it is quite swift, but we hope it's very thorough. Um, and we'll see what happens. We don't know. You know, there's is certainly innocent still proven guilty. We'll see what happens. And I imagine... You know, we don't want to get into any sort of speculation at all here, but I imagine there's not just going to be there's one sort of crime committed by all of them or not. There'll be varying levels of things, won't there? Uh, involvement and what they can may or may not have done. Um, so I've, if whoever is found guilty of stuff, there'll be ranges of punishments and however it comes in. But um, yeah, we've just got to wait and see uh, and hope the guilty are found out and punished accordingly. I think. Uh, that's all we can say, really. And unfortunately, seven is a big number, actually. You know, when you talk about the number of players on tour, that is a you know pretty significant percentage. So this is not no small fry thing in any way. I must credit Eurosport. I thought they covered the story very well at lunchtime. They came straight on the air, maybe one or two minutes of introduction, straight to Michael McMullen, of course, a proper journalist, who interviewed Jason Ferguson and did so very well. And then we heard from Jimmy White and Neil Folds on the studio in the studios, a little bit from both Jimmy saying it's a really bad day for snooker. We obviously have to wait for the, the inquiry. That's the, the same thing we're all saying, you know. But um, 
Jimmy says you cannot have any crooked business in any sport. It has to be ironed out, and I'm sure it will be. Neil Fold saying we don't know any more about it. Also, rightly saying we must wait for the, you know, any definite news. But uh, reflecting on the situation, Neil saying the ethos of sport is that you watch a sport on TV and don't know who is going to win. It's terrible news. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real blow. No, no question about it. You know, we we will wait for the results of this investigation. It was shocking, you know, when we heard the the five. But I think there's something a bit different about Jan, isn't it? Because he's right at the top of the game. You know, a former Masters champion, and you know, somebody we know so well. We see on TV much more regularly, really, than those other players. So it's taken into almost another realm today. And almost the shot seems a bit deeper today, actually, maybe because of that. I mean, it shouldn't be in a way. You know, any player, it should be almost the same level. But I just don't know because he's that that sort of name. But as I say, Phil, we are hamstrung by what what, what we can say. We don't have to judge anything. Uh, So we just have to sort of move on and say that, you know, let's be clear, we'll move on to some results in a minute. It's clearly overshadowed day one of the English Open. We've done our best to focus on events on the table, but as with other things in the past, when we go back to the John Higgins story, of course, during that world final, really what happens on the table at the moment is a bit incidental. Our minds are so full of this story, aren't they? Oh, definitely, yeah. I almost felt daft sort of tweeting some results afterwards, only an hour or so after that had happened, because it seems insignificant um but of course the sport does go on you know there's no suggestion that everyone in the sport is uh, involved in this kind of thing so we, we plow on but um that's without ignoring it at all because you know it needs to be dealt with um and yeah i mean it was good it was encouraging that jason ferguson said they were a long way into this investigation but uh, i don't know what that means in time frame wise i still wouldn't be expecting any resolution um in the in the coming days you know they said they'd only just spoke to jan um, today, so um, there must be lots to investigate off the back of that. Um, and yeah, then you know, we don't know, there might be more names to come. We'll see, we'll just be guessing at this point, won't we? So, um, yeah, we'll try and uh, focus on the snooker as much as we can. Um, but while it's an interesting one for a journalist, isn't it, when you're covering these things while investigations are ongoing, because you know, there's not so much you can you can do. And um, even if there is, you don't really want to sort of hamper the investigation uh, by sort of digging things out and blurting them out. So yeah, well, we've got to wait and see and then uh, react accordingly. Yeah, wise words. And we will, of course, talk about matters on the table as well. English Open is underway. We've seen almost the whole of, of day one of action. There are still matches going on uh, as we speak. And some some interesting uh, uh, day one action, that has to be said. Mark Serrell will be beating Nopon Sankam 4-3 is a uh, what a match that sticks out, a close one there. Breaker one to eight in the decider to win it for Selby. It's a great effort from him there. Uh, early victory for Xiaoxing Tong, beating Alan Taylor 4 2. And for Barry Hawkins, beating Rod Lawler 4 1. And uh, Neil Robertson, who saw off Andrew Padgett, breaks of 110, 112, 67, and 88 from Robertson. He looks as sharp as normal. <laughs> yeah, he looked very good in that game. Um... Yeah, super. Just sort of brushed him aside. Um, very businesslike. He sort of—it's weird. It seems to have been a sort of not a great season for him because he hadn't won anything. But a couple of semi-finals, he's played some great stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if he wins this again. He's the defending champion, of course. Very much so. So he is, of course, beat Higgins in that marvelous final at MK. Where I was that actually? 
Uh, John Higgins beating Gerard Green 4-0, other early result here. Judd Trump had a bit of a of a squeeze, beating Jackson Page 4-3. Uh, had a funny thing, Jackson might play all right in that, but obviously Judd getting over the line. Uh, Jack Lizowski, a winner as well, beating Sean O'Sullivan 4-2, as was Luca Purcell beating Mark Joyce 4-3. And then results that have just come through the last sort of hour or so, Mark Allen beating Mitchell Mann 4-1. And Wally O'Sullivan having a right old uh, ding-dong with Ben Mertens, who came from behind to draw level at 3-3, and Ronnie winning it 4-3. And then really had some um, nice nice things to say about uh, Ben Mertens. You can see them chatting away at the end, and, you know, Ronnie seeming to have, you know, encouraging words for his opponent. And uh, if I just turn to my Twitter here, he says, he's a great cueist, Ronnie says of Ben Mertens. He hits the ball well. He has a good snooker brain. I like his game. The sky's the limit, really. So, obviously, Ronnie impressed. Doesn't put too many Hope Nations wins on the board. So, I thought, God, is he in a, another early exit? We just got over the line there. And uh, the, the smart money is perhaps on him not going too too much further with the evidence of it. But, he, of course, this is the one he has won, hasn't he, when he beat Kyron Wilson in that final. So, you never know. But he was talking about how he was enjoying the studio. He was also very cold. And the heating's packed up, Phil. Phil. They're all freezing in Brentwood. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bit of a shocker, isn't it? I mean, it's very cold. Um, and it, the, I mean, it's bad for the players, but I feel sorry for the fans. They're sat, sat, all sat there in their hats and scarves and thick coats. You know, it can't be that much fun. So hopefully that'll be uh, sorted by tomorrow. A fire alarm went off when I was watching that Trump-Jackson Page game as well. And Jack, just as Jackson was playing a shot, actually, I think I don't, it was he wasn't playing a part. Um, so it wasn't that obvious, but I don't think it affected him. But it's not what you want, really, is it? But um, hopefully the heating's at least on tomorrow. But um, yeah, I watched most of that Ronnie Ben Mertens game. Uh, Ronnie was in his sort of taking on everything mood as he is in most home nations games. But uh, but Mertens, I mean, Mertens was three 0 down, so to win three frames on the spin against Ronnie is going to be very encouraging, even though he lost the game. Um, and yeah, Ronnie was seemed to have a nice chat with him at the end. He's only eighteen, bad, isn't he? And he hasn't shown too much since he's come on the tour this year, but um, clearly got a lot of talent and hopefully that will be uh, encouraging for him despite, despite uh, defeat. Um, and yeah, Ronnie, I think, I'm sure they said on commentary, he's never lost a first round game in the home nations ever. So he, he, he always gets through this one. Um, but yeah, he, he's not usually a great bet to win it, but um, yeah, he's, he's reliable enough in the first round, but um, it was entertaining as, as his games are in these, because um, it's just all action and, yeah, very much so. A bit of humble pie for me, but um, it's often tasty. I don't mind. I don't mind uh, gobbling it up, Phil, because I was suggesting oh, I'm not sure about tickets, but actually, I think tonight was a sellout. You know, and it looked good on the TV. Yeah, Ronnie Factor, and also I think they're selling very well for later on. So no, I, I, I was I was wrong there. Happy happy to admit it. They've sold some. Uh, they sold some tickets. They've actually very reasonably priced. Actually, I heard Ivan Hersovich and a, a, a good friend from World uh, Snooker Tour media team, long-serving long uh, man there, Ivan, brilliant man. He was on the radio talking about, you know, the, the prices there. They are so reasonable. I think some of it is like a tenner early on. Mm. And if you get all the sort of stars playing, I mean, a lot of snooker is now a lot more expensive than it used to be, actually. Certainly the big things that the Masters, we know the World Championship now is, is massively expensive, a lot of it. But, you know, for certain more, I suppose, prosaic a bit of a rude word, but, but perhaps the, you know, next grade down of events you can still get some good good old value and uh, and that's good to see so people you know enjoying and of course you know i don't think i quite clocked this i should have done people are sort of drumming it drumming it into that and quite rightly 
the first ranking event ever in Essex. And there's been loads of London, of course. So it's all sort of so close. A lot, a lot of it overlaps that you don't actually realise that now there's never been one. Of course, so much history, not just Ronnie, but, you know, Stuart Bingham and Ali Carter. And, and of course, Barry Hearn, who, who's, you know, been such a big factor. In, and it's very near where, where Matchroom are based, aren't they? So there's all, all kinds of links there. So you can see in a way why they've gone there and, yeah, it looks like the crowds are decent. So we'll look forward to, to the rest of the week. Big prize up for grabs and a lot more snooker watching for Hagen Metcalf. What's new? Yeah. Well, yeah, fair, fair play to all those all those uh, uh, men and women who'd uh, made that trip because, uh, you know, we wussed out of that trip because of the transport today. I'm sure a few people would have looked out of the, a window and thought, I'm not sure about this, but they braved a, a huge amount of people seem to brave it. So uh, well done. And, uh, yeah, and I think that's right. I think these... The lesser tournaments, you know, it's a big tournament. It's not the lo- the lowest ranking tournament, but um, I think we know at this sort of this time of year when everyone's struggling a bit, and uh, you know, we just had the UK, the, the Masters are coming up. Um, they should be reasonably priced, and uh, and so it's good that they've been sensible with that, and it's worked. Um, so hopefully that that stays for the rest of the week because I think the general vibe usually at Home Nations is. It's quite poorly attended at the start, and it builds up nicely. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's pretty good. So if we're starting strong, then uh, that's a good sign. Hopefully, we'll go all the way. Um, and yeah, other results-wise, there weren't really any shocks so far that I've seen. The only one you would class as a shock, uh, ranking-wise, anyway, was Tep Chai beating Stuart Bingham. But Tep Chai is a bit of a shocker of a draw for any top-ranked player. Um, and Bingham's really not had a very good season so far. I can't remember him winning too many matches at all. Um, so yeah, it's all sort of largely gone as you'd expect thus far, but there'll be shocks to come, I'm sure of it. Very much so. And you know what? We're not exactly always a biddy printer service, Phil, but we don't mind to give latest scores. We know, we know you'll probably have the results of these when you come to them, but uh, Tyron Wilson is 3 0 up on Rianne Evans, although Rianne's in the balls early in that next frame. And we also have Mark Williams one, Matthew Stevens one. That's a, that's that's one from yesterday. That was their famous yeah. world final, wasn't it? Yeah. Of course, many many years ago, when 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 Matthew was quite a long way ahead, and Mark came back to win it. And Ken Doherty, snooker's a evergreen friend, is three one down actually against Jamie Jones. So uh, yeah, interesting matches in the in the early stages of the. Of the English Open. I'm just trying to catch some that are going on tomorrow, actually, if I can. Looks like uh, Jimmy Robertson, Marco Fu is a game to look forward to uh, here. And the problem is, I don't wish to be too mean, but I find that what I can't get hold of snooker.org right now. And I'm on WST and I find it quite hard to navigate. Mine's working on my snooker.org wasn't working for me, so it's back up for me. Oh, so Neil Robertson, lay pay fan. Maybe you better to go through some of the ones that come then. Plenty of treats. Yeah, uh, Gilbert's playing. He's got Yuan Sejun. There's a couple of all Chinese affairs. Ding Junhui against Zhu Xi and uh, Wu Yizer against Kao Yupeng. An all Leicester affair, Mark Selby against Joe O'Connor. So uh, O'Connor coming off his great run to the final in Scotland. So that'll be interesting. Judd straight back in action against Craig Stedman. Yeah. Um, then what we got later. Oh, Michael White against Anthony McGill. Don't mind that in the afternoon session. Um, Higgins against King. And they must have played a few times. Um and then, yeah, what else have we got in the evening? Pang Jungju against Hossein Vafai. That's not too shabby. Uh, so, yeah, plenty to look forward to, as, as there always is. Craigie against Murphy. Craigie's been playing very well, hasn't he? That'd be a good against Sean. 
Um, I should say Sean and Mark Allen both had seemingly real shocking trips. And I bet a few players have had this uh, sort of travel chaos to get there. Um, and, but Sean and Mark's journeys from the island of Ireland did look especially um, disrupted. And it looked like they might not get to the games in time, but they both got there and won. So uh, impressive stuff. And of course, yeah. uh, this is probably the, the game that people are looking forward to most tomorrow is Ronnie against Deshawat Boomjang. Um, that is one to look to, forward to. Very much so. I've got something to all back up again. They're playing silly games early in, early in the night, but it's back up. Yeah, Ronnie was um, seemed to be quite surprised by that. You never quite know how, how to take Ronnie at face value, of course. He was like, oh, you know, oh, I'm not sure. I didn't know who he, who he had. Oh, he's back on tour, is he? Oh, he goes away for one of back. But um, yeah, because Poonjang, um, incredibly entertaining character, wasn't he? Famous at that that Crucible match. And I'm sure. Uh, well, from what I, from, from, certainly from what I've heard and bits I've seen of him, he, you know, he, he hasn't lost that. He's still a sort no. of maverick entertainer type. Never quite know what's what's coming next. So yeah, that that's plenty to look forward to there. Phil, I think, I think Poonjang a little bit underrated how good he is because he is sort of does some funny things. But he's obviously a really really good player. Um, but he's sort of remembered for his, his sort of comedy antics. But uh, beat Maguire at the Crucible, of course, that time. Um, yeah, he's a really good player, but um, that'll be interesting one. Yeah, I'm sure he'll pull some funny faces and things, even if he doesn't beat O'Sullivan. Maguire was um, was quite put out by that, if memory serves. He was really annoyed by his, his antics, actually. Um, we can do a guest of the year then, Higgins and King. I've looked it up just now. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> When did King turn from? Um, I'm going to say 1999. 1994. It's really international open. King five, Higgins four. They've actually had a mountain of matches over the years mm. and some really big ones as well. Masters quarter, Welsh semi, last 16 at the Crucible, last 16 of the, the British, semi-final of the British. That's going back. because kind of forget at times that Mark King has been Fairly top player over the years. You know, obviously, mm. he famously won that ranker quite late. One of the, the many players now that have won his ranking event late. But, yeah, going back, he had some real old battles and an important match with John Higgins. So, the, the English Open continues. And uh, we should say that that is the last really high-profile uh, sort of uh, action of the year. We have got Championship League coming up, haven't we? So, uh, that's to look forward to as well. That's next week, just before Christmas. But this is the, the last really big one. So... Let's just enjoy it and relish these these final uh, big snooker days of of twenty twenty two. Phil, we want to uh, reflect on ourselves a little bit on this on this hundredth episode. You mentioned, of course, our first one was on November the sixteenth, twenty twenty, a preview of the behind closed doors UK Championship in Milton Keynes, and what a dramatic finish that was when yeah. <laughs> when Judge should have won, Judge Trump should have won, it missed that pink and. Neil Robertson won it, so we couldn't have wished for a first big tournament to reflect on. Well, we did come back. Started slowly, episodes every two or three weeks. Then at the start of last year, the start of 2021, uh, February, we went weekly. And aside from a couple of spring breaks after the Crucible, we've been talking snooker every week since. We've had so many special guests on here, Phil. Current players, former stars, officials, fans, really every corner of the snooker world. And uh, just written a few down here that came off the top of my head earlier. John Virgo, Sean Murphy, Neil Robertson, Stuart Bingham, Kyron Wilson, Alan McManus, Neil Fold, Barry Hearn, Rayanne Evans, Joe Perry. So some of the biggest names in this sport and hope, hopefully more to come. And, you know, 
we said it before, we just have to say the people that have come on here have been brilliant value, haven't they? And we just can't thank them enough. You know, they are the stars and they're, they're the ones that in so many ways have made it. I mean, Neil Robertson, we had to stop him about two and a half hours in, didn't we? Say, so Neil, you know, we've got... It, they're, they're just so generous. Sean Murphy as well gave us two hours and he felt could have done more. Alan McManus, two and a half. I think Neil Folds about two hours. These are great, great characters in our sport. They have great stories. They have great wisdom. And, you know, we're not the only podcast out there far from it. I've never been further from the case. There's lots out there and lots of terrific podcasts that do the job. So we'll be in no means alone. But it's just great to, to give those people that space. And we, what I love is, and I've heard this from people, they didn't realise this person had maybe such an interesting character or had so many stories. We really brought those out, I think, on here. And we're really proud of that. And But we can't say thanks enough for the guests. They, they've been marvellous, haven't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, they're incredibly generous for their time. And, uh, yeah, and that's it's just, you know, you don't get the luxury of that in most mediums. You can't, um, you're not going to do a two-hour sit-down interview on any TV shows, are you? Uh, with a snooker player anyway. Um, so it's it's nice that we've been able to do that. And, you know, naturally stories that you don't hear other times, little little tidbits and just personality traits and stuff will come out from those long conversations. Um, so that is good. And, yeah, um, yeah, there have been some absolute epics. It's been great. Uh, I thought we'd talk to Alan McManus to death at one point when he cut, he got that cough that wouldn't go away. I thought we'd, we'd done him in. Uh, but, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, and, yeah, I was having a look back and... Uh, We've had so many on, I wouldn't list them all anyway, but I wouldn't want to miss some out. But, yeah, you mentioned a lot there. Um, Abby Davis recently, I thought that was just a memorable one because of how emotional it got. Um, she was really incredibly open on it, so it was great. Um, Hazel was obviously very special. That was brilliant. Jason Ferguson was a very interesting one. Um, Fergal was a big hit, I thought. He was very funny. Um, I think that's good as well when you get players like that. I mean, if you if you spoke to Fergal or know him at all, you would know he's a funny guy. But if you just watch him play, you might assume he's not <laughs> just because of his style of play. I think people as like snooker players or sportsmen in general sort of you sort of guess their personality sometimes by how they are at the table. But um, yeah, Fergal's great. Um, I remember Gilbert was quite a sort of entertaining, chaotic episode. Um, <laughs> Michael Holt seems a long time ago, and it was really that was really good. And uh, I think Anthony Hamilton was our first ever guest. That was our eleventh episode. I'd look back. It was our first get uh, first player guess. David Colfield was on earlier in that. Was Anthony was our first uh, player we had on, and uh, he had some great stories as well. So yeah, there's a lot of people I didn't even mention there, but um, it's always a it's always a pleasure to have them on. Um, we've not had a dud, I don't think. Listeners might disagree, but I haven't come away from any episode and thought, but yeah, we we won't have them back. Definitely not. And I've been nodding. I think you've been seeing. I've been nodding my way through those ones, just just and smiling as well. The memory, yeah, David Gilbert, so chaotic. I think his uh, his better half was coming back from a night out, wasn't he? So he was on chauffeur duty, so he, he was worried about popping out for that. He was bouncing around the room. He was uh, he was on great form. I think he'd just been for a couple of hours down the shed and you know chilled out down there. And it, it was all happening. T typical David, God Hazel. Yeah, I mean she was marvelous. I mean what a what a pro. I mean I have to say we're generally not surprised nearly all the time because. That's why we get them on, because we know they'll be great. We don't just, you know, pick lots. We we, we are careful about who we invite on. And, you know, Hazel was just, yeah, marvellous. Talking about Anthony Hamilton, I still remember things he said, which is a good sign, I think. The, the one classic bit of wisdom was, you know, OK, you can now say it's obvious, 
But no one was really being unequivocal about it. He was like, no, Judd won't keep winning like he's doing. He said he cannot do that. He cannot do that physically and mentally. And I think in early 21, that was still at the height of Judd winning everything, frankly. Mm. But he was absolutely prescient with that because we're now the second season and Judd hasn't been the same. And Anthony was very, very clear by that. And, you know, he would know he's been in the game long enough. So that, that was great. And I, I like wisdom that sticks with you. And also, Joe Perry comes to mind because, and Ollie Bell made this on point on telly, where he, he listened to Joe Perry and some of the great things he was saying. I always knew Joe was a great talker, but just the depth and just the the, the sheer weight of his stories will always stick with me. He was a, a brilliant guest, such an illuminating snooker character, and I'm sure he'll be well, you already is a big hit in the in the commentary box. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he will be uh, for years to come. And yeah, they've all just been, yeah, re- really generous with their time. We, I, I remember saying this in Tooting. It's still the same. We we haven't been outside that much, are we? But it does make them special when we do. And we should say, of course, uh, that it, maybe it's a bit early in our podcast life to start talking about traditions. But we're building it up anyway a bit, and we like the idea of. of almost a fan being part of our Sheffield experience, don't we? And uh, and uh, we, we've had a wonderful episode with, with Kelly Barker when it was still a very COVID-hit World Championship last year. We had Chris Downer, the author of the Crucible Almanac, this year. And actually, I don't think it's a, an enormous secret because I've been talking on social media about it recently. We are hoping to have Brian Wright, aren't we, with us for the next World Championship and uh, Brian's a character we both both enjoy chatting to very much. He's a he's a great guy, you know. He's a, a proper snooker man. You you'd all know Brian out there, I'm sure. If you don't know uh, the man to talk to, you'll know him from his Coventry shirts, which he doesn't <laughs> have to wear anymore. But but ever in a day, he wore them at the Crucible. So that's hopefully going to be part of our next Sheffield experience come the spring. We want more fans on. We want more officials on. We'll do that. And uh, you know, I think you once said the essence of it is me and you chatting away, and that'll stay the case, but we're also going to invite some more great people on. So I hope we will go from strength to strength, Phil. We've, we've certainly got, as we said many times, an endless list, haven't we? It, it, it's, it's an exhaust, exhaustive supply of great snooker voices to bring on here. Oh, yeah, and it's hard to sort of, I think we add it to it much quicker than we tick people off it because, you know, it's not always, you know, scheduling-wise we have to do, and we've got to preview and review things, you know, so it has to be just the two of us uh, a fair amount of the time. But, um yeah, I think we made good use of the summer, didn't we? There was a big old break and we really dug into a lot of guests there. I mean, when we were talking about how chaotic Dave Gilbert was, we've got to give Rob Walker a shout for chaos. <laughs> but he just disappeared for half an hour. <laughs> we do. We tell people when people ask us how we record this and we, we just do it on Zoom um, and we don't edit anything. And when people who also are sort of involved in this kind of thing, they can't believe we don't edit anything. And maybe some of them don't believe us, but if they want to, if they want any proof, listen to that Rob Walker episode where there's a good half an hour of us just chatting, hoping he comes back at some point, and not really knowing if he's going to or not. But it's all in there. There's no, there's nothing chopped out. So uh, yeah, if anyone didn't believe, we just stick it all out there. Then that's the evidence. We've done a little bit of low level voice balancing in in more recent times, but very low level. You're right. We don't we don't cut anything out. We're actually, I have to say, we did get two or three people saying you should have done with that with the Rob Walker episode. But yeah. I, I like the authentic nature of us chatting away. We honestly thought it would be like 10, 15, 20 minutes. It went on and on. And <laughs> but then you know, I guess when we heard the news, it was a you know mortgage advisor. 
Yeah, mortgage advisors don't tend to stick around for two or three minutes. So they they, they want to get your business. So, so Rob, yeah. and then he was listening. He was very generous when he came back. And yeah, I was I was not so surprised by that because if you know Rob as we do, he he's always a sort of bundle of energy, isn't he? Bouncing yeah. around. So <laughs> him going off for an impromptu meeting with someone, this and that, it, it, you know, is is what we're used to really. But yeah, it was <laughs> just added to the the, the the gaiety of the pod certainly. And uh, as I say, the outdoor ones we were in tooting. Normal snooker centre. I'm over it now, Phil. <laughs> I'm over it now. That'll be a resolute, a couple of resolutions. I'm normally a resolution person, but I, the aforementioned Joe Perry. I must contact Joe either the last days of this year or, or early 23 to try and get a bit of practice in. And of course, our challenge. We normally do it in the autumn. Let, let's pick somewhere good again, and that's to come in 23 as well. And as I say, just lots of great guests and. Lots of special events. It's the tournaments that ultimately make the game. And what treats we got? The Masters in early 23, all the ITV events to come, of course. We didn't have one before Christmas, so all those mm-hmm. to come. The German in Berlin, one of us or both of us may be there this time. Who knows? And then, of course, into the spring and the ultimate event, the one we enjoy and love so dearly, the World Championship of the Crucible. So that will be the priority, of course, mixing with lots of, of, of guests and special voices as well. And, Phil, while we're talking about other voices, we should say that this is a bit of a landmark episode. And we'll keep that special theme going next week because our Christmas special will once again be with the doyen of the snooker voices, uh, David Hendon. As we did 12 months ago, we'll, we'll team up the Snooker Scene podcast and Talking Snooker. We'll uh, join together in the spirit of Val Dunican. I'm saying another one for the teenagers there. People remember Val used to get all the families crowded around the telly and Christmas has gone by uh, playing a few songs and generally kind of whimsical. So I, I hope we're a little bit more edgy than Val, to be fair. <laughs> but it, that, that's the spirit. You know, we won't be doing any falling out. We'll, it, it'll all be in the spirit of Christmas. I, I'm, I'm going to bring some treats along with some mince pies. He might bring some some dodgy wine in tribute to Dave's rather unpleasant drink last year. And we'll gather for that next week. And we did three hours last time. It's possible we might want to shave a little bit of that, but who knows? Yeah, that was. I think we kept it a surprise last year, didn't we? Didn't we unleash that without really announcing it? But hopefully now it is a Christmas tradition uh, because that was really enjoyable. Yeah, that, I'd forgotten that, that that probably was the longest one, wasn't it? It might still be the longest one ever, but it's right up there. But um, yeah, it was great. Um, Dave does amazing work and everything he does in the game. Um, so yeah, it's a real treat to to be on with him. Looking forward to that. I'm not sure it'll be three hours again this time because uh, I've got work to do in the evening. But um, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, Dave had some. Uh, he assured us it was really really terrible stuff he was drinking in the hotel he was in. So I might try and find some equally terrible stuff and uh, make that a bit of a tradition as well. Um, but yeah, there'll be plenty more, plenty more, uh, more of the same and more different voices as well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the outdoor ones that. That Crucible one, which hopefully will become a tradition, um, sat in Tudor Square, really is really enjoyable. Um, it's just funny watching the people, this, the snooker people go by. I mean, we think we spoke about at the time that you just feel like you're in the centre of the snooker universe because you are, and there's just people wandering about. Alan McManus just wandered past shouting something. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's always one to look forward to. But, yeah, uh, as we always say, I've mentioned this a few times, if there's uh, ideas for guests, 
you want on or anything you think we should be doing, um, please do let us know. We may or may not do it, but we'd like to hear suggestions. Um, one quirk, this is just by the by, really, but I was looking through the past episodes uh, for this one, and episode 50, which it shouldn't be almost exactly to the day ago because it should be 52 weeks, really, shouldn't it? But it was on the 13th of December last year, halfway to this. So uh, that's just how our breaks have fallen, and that was when uh, Luca Brasella just won the Scottish and we had Stephen Hallworth on. Um, and a big thing then was talking about how players could do with some first-round prize money, which, you know, it's not quite first-round prize money, but um, we have got the, the 20 grand loan, uh, however you want to word it. But um, now I'm not saying we achieved that. But that was something we sort of campaigned for a little bit on here. So it was nice to, for, that, uh, for that change to come in over the last few months. That is a really good gauge of the changing times of the game, actually. And just in terms of I'm a real numbers man, yeah. So we we done fifty in those fifty two weeks. That's interesting, isn't it? We took must have been three or four weeks off after the crucible, but I guess we might have done a couple of weeks once and balanced out in that way. So yeah, we just show we've been pretty consistent. I do like our our spring breaks. I have to say, but other than that, well, someone gave me some advice early on. Actually, I think it was when we were doing slightly less regular episodes, they were, they were actually saying, two or three people that really know the pod world, you've actually got to be more regular. You've got to be in that slot if you can. People get used to it. Doesn't, and it doesn't really matter in a way how you could be brilliant, you could be you know, not quite as good, you could be learning on the job. If you're not there on that slot, you, you find it harder to get an audience. Now, I know we're not always regular with Mondays, but we try and be, we try and be close to it, unless we've both got big things. Like I was, you know, I was in Qatar, so we were, we were later last week but generally speaking and i think that, that is obviously that is obviously key while i remember do get your thoughts in as well if you'd like to ask uh, myself or phil anything in particular about our uh, lives in snooker journalism or journalism in general or indeed to dave hendon as i say dave great voice recently been rightly toasting 25 years working in snooker now, i know you can obviously ask dave stuff on his own podcast but maybe you come through our own channels as well when we come together at christmas have a question for Dave, then please do contact us, talkingsnooker at yahoo.com or tweet us at talkingsnooker. Phil, should we have, should we get the old Viddy printer back up again? Tyron Wilson has won that game. He's beaten Rianne Evans uh, 4-0. And uh, what else can we see here? It's 3-1 now. That was the last time, still the same for Jamie Jones against Ken Doherty. Mark Williams now 2-1 up against Matthew Stevens. There was one result that I should have mentioned earlier, actually, Callum Beresford, the amateur, who was one of the two um, invited players who, I think, through the EPSB. Uh, but he won his game, uh, his first-round game against Ryan Thomason. Um, so, great effort from him. I think he's a uni student. I'm sure I read that earlier. Um, and he won, he won a game at the UK Championship, actually, beat Sean O'Sullivan. So, uh, I think he's 21. Um, so, he's got something about him. He's winning games against professionals, which is impressive. Um, and I'd also, meant talking of amateur players, there was a Q-Tour event over the over the weekend, the one in Walsall, which is meant to be brilliant. I was being shown pictures of that club. Um, is it called Sandywood? Um, uh, that brings, is it Land, Ladywood or Sandywood? Land, Land, yeah, something like that. Sorry, I've got that wrong, yeah. But it's in Walsall, anyway. And it's meant to be very, very nice. Uh, and the players that were there over the weekend said it was very good. And uh, Dan Wales won the final, beat Sydney, Sydney Wilson in the final, uh, which is a very good win for him. And then there's only one more now. Um there's, which is at the Northern um, in January, I think, um, the sixth and final Q Tour event. Um, and it's very tight at the top of the rankings now. The person at the top of those rankings gets a, Q -tour, uh, gets a tour card for two seasons. And I think Wells went top, but only just from Ross Muir. Um, 
So, yeah, that's going to be very interesting, that final one in Leeds. And then there'll be the playoff um, with the, the next highest 16 ranked players uh, on the on the rankings, which will be... Uh, which would be tasty. That was the one that Julian Leclerc won uh, last year. So uh, yeah, it's, a, it's it's been great that that's been resurrected after the, the break for COVID because that was a real loss for the amateur game. Um, Landywood, I've got it up. It's called Landywood Club. But yeah, if you're ever in Walsall or nearby, apparently it's well worth checking out. Um, but yeah, it's been great to have the Q Tour back, and it's a good uh, it's a good test for players. I mean, there's a lot of good players, and I we I follow my, I try and follow Michael Holt's results on there. Um, and he hadn't won many matches, and uh, we all know how good Michael is. So shows the shows the standard on there. I also looked up. I was doing my head in. And what lady was Landy Wood? You're right. And just got some uh, some copy here actually. And Wales defeated Brian Choiski three one, Mark Lloyd three nil, and George Pragnell three nil to get through to the uh, the final day of action. He beat uh, Hayden Pinney at four one. And then Michael Giorgio from 3-0 down, he won 4-3 before winning against uh, Sidney Wilson, as you say, in the final, winning 5-2. So even then, that run, you know, you can see some players there. I mean, Michael Giorgio won the shootout, of course, and he's, you know, been you know pretty regular on our TV screens and, you know, a choice gear as well. Lots of, you know, half-decent names there. So it, it's good competition. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it is right. It's great to see that up and running. That could be a candidate for... The old 2023 Tony Mio trophy, like Andy Wood. Who knows? We, maybe, oh, well, yeah. Maybe Wolf Dave Gilbert. Sort of in the middle, isn't it, between us? <laughs> exactly. We talked about maybe Dave Gilbert's club. It's still up for grabs. I, I'm saying there, there, there might be a bidding war at some stage. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I was just looking at the scoring in that final. Wells, in the fi- so we won 5-2. And in the frames, five frames he won, they were four half centuries in a century. So, yeah. It's very, I mean, he's one of those players that... If you were putting him in the world rankings, if you you would rank, if you wrote out the world rankings by who you thought were the best 128 players, he would be comfortably inside it, I would think. But you know, he was off the tour because he didn't win enough matches, so fair enough. But if he got back on tour, he's not someone that people would want to draw in the first round. Let's put it that way. Indeed. So the next few weeks are pretty much mapped out. We can't always say that on this podcast. We have our Christmas special with David Hendon next week. And the following week, we'll review the year. So if you've got any thoughts about the snooker year of 2022, drop us a line, please, and make it clear it's for the review of the year programme. And uh, then we'll no doubt try and read it out, as we nearly always do with almost all the correspondence we get in, talking snooker at yahoo.com is our email address talking snooker at yahoo.com or you can tweet us at uh, talking snooker uh, any other business phil or else we shall disappear and enjoy maybe the, the tail end of the snooker that's left tonight and of course loads of days to come this is a, a really really enjoyable event we, we haven't mentioned the world cup i just realized any other business <laughs> well that, i mean listen i've heard a few people say it it really was a bit of a bingo carding the next it wasn't it the pe- yeah. A penalty miss, bit of controversy, played well, heroic failure. Um, but um, as I have to say, um, the, the, I thought the extra know-how of the French and the winning mentality may, may have seen them home. We've seen some right old drama. I mean, that Argentina-Netherlands quarterfinal was yeah. pure World Cup theatre. Of course, we have, we have got the semi-finals and final to come. So the final will actually be on Sunday, but I think it's an afternoon game, so it shouldn't affect 
the English Open too much. So it should be a nice case of bit of snooker, World Cup final, and then the evening session of the, the snooker. Very nice of FIFA. They've made a lot of mistakes recently, but very nice of them to make sure they didn't uh, interfere too much with events in Brentwood. Yeah, and I'm sure that was why they did it exactly. And I'm quite right. That's what should be on their mind. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought that was annoyingly the first England game I've been working for during this tournament. It's the first one I could sit down and enjoy a couple of beers. You've been all right about it, haven't you? you? You've been all right about it, though. You haven't been annoyed or anything. <laughs> no, no, I was taking it on the chin, yeah, no moaning at all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I thought we played really well. Um, uh, it was unlucky. Good, great game, high quality, two very good teams. Um, not many complaints, really, you know, didn't take chances. They did, fair enough. Uh, and you only have to look at what happened to other teams. Um, Brazil, you know, going out uh, unexpectedly, you know, Portugal to Morocco. Spain earlier, Belgium, you know, things could have been a lot worse than what happened to England. So, yeah, it was a good effort. And, uh, yeah, I immediately don't really care what happens in the rest of it now. <laughs> but I will be watching. I hope Morocco do well. You know, why not? The underdog story. Um, and they've been very impressive, actually. They've not been sort of playing defensively and just scraping through. They've had a good, very good defence. But, uh, yeah, they've been looking good. So, yeah, uh, but that'll be coming to an end soon. Uh, other, any other business? Any other bits of any other business um, that I think we recorded on just before I went to speak to Ding last week and I did go and speak to him and uh, it was quite an interesting interview and it sort of it sort of got swept away really bad timing uh, I published it and it was like an hour or two later those five players got banned and that's really took over the news agenda quite rightly uh, and obviously I had no idea that was coming so I probably wouldn't have published it then if I'd have known oh, yeah. Um, but yeah if you hadn't read that it was interesting because uh, I've spoken to Ding a few times, but never for that length. And he hasn't really opened up that much before. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I uh, hope you agree. But if you haven't had a look, uh, do have a read. It was a really outspoken thing, actually, wasn't wasn't it? And, he, 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 you know, we, we often talk, you know, we try not to have too much of a UK and European head on. We You know, we really do see the benefits of the game spreading, but... Because we're from the UK, we're sometimes inclined to understanding a bit more the nuances here. We're worried about the future. We see clubs closing, etc. But Ding also saying, you know, the future isn't as bright as you might think in China. There aren't necessarily the young players coming through there. And talking about how big Paul is and that's taking over and, and, you know, genuine concerns from him. Well, yeah, that's why it's really interesting. I wouldn't have known that about sort of these big uh, Chinese eight ball pool tournaments that are very regular and pretty good money. I think you're saying about 50 grand pounds for the for the winner. And they're on regularly. So he was sort of saying, if you're young, talented, Qist, uh, why would you be uh, tempted to move your whole life over to the UK when you can compete on that game? You know, it's an easier game at home for good money. So uh, he was raising concerns um, uh, for the good of the game. You know, he wants Snooker to do well. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. Wouldn't, wouldn't have known that, obviously. But, uh, you know, some of the answers... He was suggesting are easier said than done. You know, he was very much into the tiered system, um, which, you know, I think is sort of, we are swinging that way. But then he was saying, like, the prize money needs to be, like, vastly increased, which is obviously easier said than done, isn't it? But, um, yeah, it was it was just great to, to hear properly from him because, I say, you don't don't always get uh, really sort of long and detailed answers from him, and he was really passionate about it. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Shall we do 100 more or...? We can definitely try. I don't see why not. He's a flown by, so yeah. Quite right. That's a good way of answering. Let's not commit to 100 more. Let's say we'll aim 
to get in the vicinity of 100 more and see how far we get. It, it, it's, it's hard work putting a podcast out, isn't it? But 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 it's thoroughly enjoyable hard work, and uh, we will continue to bring you talking snooker in the weeks and months to come. And next time we'll be with David Hendon. So continue enjoying the English Open. I think we should uh, disappear now, uh, Phil. Thanks for your company, genuinely, over this century of podcast episodes. It doesn't feel like it can be possible, really. We talk quite that much snooker. One day we'll count up the minutes. Someone said to me. Something like 3,300 minutes or something. This I mean, really, this year? Went, oh, no, I've only been listening since March. I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I dread, to, I dread to add them all together. It's a lower, lower minutes. It is. Uh, we do well on those, like, Spotify um, review of the year things for people's podcasts because uh, they're just so long. I think that's all part of our evil plan, isn't it? it just gets us <laughs> up those charts. But, yeah, uh, no, it's thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, um, as you say, is. It doesn't feel like hard work. It is. It is a bit. You know, we need to do them, and uh, they're not that easy uh, all the time. But um, I thoroughly look forward to it every week. And uh, uh, yeah, here's to plenty more. Well, maybe you should say the talking bit's not that hard. It's more the sort of bits before and, and after. Play. Yeah, that's more the problem. You would, people maybe not realise, but there is a bit of prep. <laughs> Great to see you. I salute you. As I say, sorry I missed you in Brentwood. So it may not be that I see you in person for the rest of the year, but no doubt will, of course, on Zoom and see you in 2023. And can't wait for our Christmas special with Dave next week. Yeah, it was a real treat last year. So uh, glad to, glad that's become a tradition. Look forward to it myself. Yeah. Keep your thoughts coming to us. Talkingsnooker at yahoo.com or tweet us at Talkingsnooker. Thank you so much for your company. Uh, not just for this episode, but across a hundred episodes of Talking Snooker. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you talking about this wonderful game that we all love so dearly and we'll continue to do so. Christmas special with Dave next week, then our review of the year, the week after. Uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of the English Open for now from Phil Haig and Nick Metcalf. Cheerio. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.